This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Even though most of the free agency period has calmed down, I'd say, and the draft has come and gone, there's still some guys out there, some names out there that they kind of make me scratch my head a little bit as to say, what's the deal here? What is the deal? Why aren't they getting signed? What is the deal? With- <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible impression. But, you know, I just don't understand, you know, you, you've had obviously the big names go. Von Miller went, J.C. Jackson went, Toronto Armstead went. How does it make you feel that the fourth highest paid person in this free agency period, free agency, remember, like Adams and Brown and Hill, they all got traded and got reworked contracts. So they don't count. They're not in this, you know, equation. But the fourth highest money getter of the free agents this year is Christian Kirk getting paid $72 million on that That's what I think kind of screwed everything up for this year. I mean, he's getting more money than guys like Randy Gregory. He's getting more money than a 25-year-old free safety in Marcus Williams who went to Baltimore. He's getting more money than Chandler Jones, one of the best sack getters in the NFL, even at his advanced age. He's getting more money than a nailed-on, surefire Hall of Famer, Bobby Wagner, at the inside linebacker position. I mean, of course Wagner's older, Jones is older, but wide receiver Christian Kirk should not be making... $22 $22 million more on his contract than Bobby Wagner. I don't care if they're different positions. I don't care if their ages are different. That just should not be happening. I have in heard— no, In no time of their careers will Christian Kirk ever approach the talent that Bobby Wagner got to at his position rather than Christian Kirk at his wide receiver position. The next highest paid wide receiver in this free agency class was Allen Robinson, who went to the Rams from Chicago. He's 28 years old. He got paid $46 million. So almost half of what Christian Kirk got. For a guy who honestly, would you say is better than Christian Kirk? Allen Robinson? Yeah. Sure. I don't think that's that, far track off. Track record-wise, he's had a better career. Sure. Even right now, he's they're three both years pretty— older, but average, not bad for But they're Robinson. both pretty much average right now. And Christian Kirk is going to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Allen Robinson's going to play for the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. He's going to have Matt Stafford throwing him the football. So track record-wise, I'd lean towards Allen Robinson. And honestly, if I had to bet on someone having more success in 2022, it'd probably be Allen Robinson, too, just because of the team that he's with and the quarterback that's throwing him the ball. But, yeah, that's insane to me that, that Christian Kirk commands that much money. I know for a fact that a lot of GMs around the NFL are, are pretty TO'd about that contract being given to Christian Kirk because, like you said, it's just effing up the market completely for wide receivers. Well, did it come before the Devontae Adams and— It came before everything. Like, that yeah, was one of it was the, the very first, first things, things to fall in free agency. Not just at the wide receiver position, but No, like at overall, all, all yeah. of free agency. So, yeah, it is a bit of a head-scratcher. And not only—just uh, a quick side note— GMs might be pissed about Christian Kirk, but the thing that 31 owners are extremely pissed about is the guaranteed money that the Browns have given Deshaun Watson. Giving over $250 million of guaranteed money or whatever. When you don't even know if he's going to play. Other owners are like, What are you doing? You're kind of pooping in the pie for everybody else here. And you see that with Christian Kirk to an extent. You see that with Deshaun Watson to the 10th degree. But like when teams get aggressive like this, like Jacksonville did with him. It absolutely rocks the boat as far as other owners are concerned, as far as their front offices are concerned, because 
it's kind of like that guy at the blackjack table that doesn't know how to play by the book, and then everybody gets mad at him. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Now I have to pay my wide receiver extra money because you don't know how to play the game. Right. That's exactly what I think the vibe is about this Christian Kirk deal, about Deshaun Watson, about any kind of player that gets really crazily overpaid. It's going to send a ripple effect throughout the league. This season, I think, has been described as one of the most wild off seasons in, in the terms, history of the NFL. In terms of free agency, in terms of trades, and I don't think it's outlandish of us to say that it all kind of comes back to the Christian Kirk thing. Like that really set the tone. That was the for first domino to fall, and then everyone else just had to follow behind because the market was set. Well. There's still some pretty decent names as far as players are concerned at the um, free agency uh, and in free agency so that teams can have. And since we're on Christian Kirk and he got crazy amounts of money, let's look at the wide receivers that are still out there and kind of speculate what what are they going to command if Kirk got that. And Julio Jones, uh, 33-year-old, very washed up, played for Tennessee last year, supposed to be the second fiddle to A.J. Brown, didn't even work out really that way, was hurt a lot of the year and just seems like a shell of himself out on that field. I, I think he'll land somewhere, but he kind of strikes me more as a, a late camp addition, someone that's going to have to find his way onto a roster that experiences injuries, and he's going to be a number two or a number three on that roster, unless he goes to some uh, abysmal team and you know plays number one receiver for the Houston Texans for a season or well, something like that. Well, if he goes to Jacksonville, what? He's number two behind Christian Kirk, the <laughs> highest paid wide receiver in the class. But is he better than Christian Kirk? Now... I'd still probably throw the ball to Julio than Christian Kirk if I was a quarterback. He's really washed up, though. Like, really he's, washed I up. mean, the season he had in Tennessee. He's just hurt a lot, too, now. Like, he got hurt in Atlanta towards the end, and I, he's just such a big dude that, like, those feet have to be just... The hands, too, right? Meat, meat grinder. Like, he's been on those feet as a six-foot-five human being for running as fast as he does for for over a decade now. I mean, and he's, he's just so got to be big. spent. He's just got to so be spent. Big, That's right? what I mean. So like, like, you're, just, you're exerting that much force. more. Exactly. I don't know where Julio ends up, but it doesn't shock me at all that he's still unsigned. When he Was it a trade that sent him to Tennessee, or did the Falcons say, we're, we're not going to re-sign you? Someone else can. And it was Tennessee. I think they traded for him. I think they actually traded for him, but it was a garbage thing. And he wasn't going to resign with Atlanta. He wanted out of Atlanta. He did. He he expressed, I remember that, he did express multiple times that he was unhappy with the situation in Atlanta. Can't blame him because Atlanta is not a great team as of now. Could be different in a couple of years. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me at all, Tom, that Julio is still not on our team. It wouldn't shock me if we get to the start of the regular season. Maybe... Start a training camp. That's when I think it's going to happen. Because maybe you lose a guy in training camp. A guy, unfortunately, on a, on a specific team gets hurt, and you need someone. And you know what you can get out of Julio Jones is enough based off of what you can get out of possibly other guys still available. Yeah, and speaking of those other guys that are still available... Um, guys that jump out, we'll get to the big one in a second at that position, but guys that I look at that are are better than Julio Jones in my mind that I would pay more money for is Jarvis Landry is one of them. He's right at the top of that list. He's still someone that I think can be a pretty pretty damn good wide receiver someone in Someone who before the Steelers went out and got Anthony Miller, got Gunnar Olszewski, got uh, Pickens and got Austin. Well, no, 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 no. Miles Boykin. Boykin. Because you knew they were going to draft guys. 
Jarvis Landry was somewhat People of a name thinking, of interest uh, for Pittsburgh, maybe, right? Yeah, they were thinking maybe, but uh, I don't think that that's going to come to pass anymore. Um, and then wide receiver Will Fuller. You know, this is a guy that's been injured a lot lately, but this is... Uh, like injured Matt- and off-the-field issues. But Matt Williamson, uh, he always comes back to Will Fuller, our good buddy Matt Williamson. He... He's high on him. A lot of other people in the know in the NFL are high on him as far as a receiver is concerned. He's only 28 years old, so he's still got some time left in the tank as far as, you know, contributing on the field. But, again, another guy I would look to before Julio Jones. Man, I would even look maybe towards T.Y. Hilton before Julio Jones at this point. Both kind of old and at the end of their road, but T.Y. was more effective last year in Indy than Julio Excuse me, was in Tennessee. How about this? Julio Jones to Indianapolis. Indianapolis <laughs> punts on T.Y. You reunite Matt Matt Ryan with Julio Jones. And T.Y. goes to Tennessee to take over <laughs> Julio Jones and, and be the second fiddle to Traylon Burks, the rookie. No. But I, I just think that for guys like T.Y. and especially for Julio, it's such a boom in the position that, like, People are teams are looking at these studs and saying, "Why am I paying money for what's essentially just a name when I can just draft someone in the second or third round?" And maybe they won't be as good as Julio was in their career, but I know they're going to be better than Julio is in 2022. So they're behind the eight ball when it comes to the position now because there's just so much, so much good at that position that they, you know, have to compete with. Yeah, I mean, it's just. What you? I was like, just gonna say one guy though stands above the rest in this of crop still as someone who will be a number one pretty much anywhere he'd go to, and that's Odell who still has not signed yet. Thirteen point one million is his average annual estimated salary. Uh, that's honestly what I saw from him in L.A. and the kind of and the kind of money that receivers are getting. If you can lock him up on thirteen million for even if it's just a year, that's a hell of a deal for you. It hell makes, of a deal. It makes no sense, Tom. Why teams like the Ravens, the Patriots, and the Packers? I think the Bills too can be thrown right in. Yeah, there. you mentioned the Bills last week when we were talking about Odell. Bills spending the most money in free agency on a single player with Von Miller, by the way, which was kind as questionable a, as the Christian Kirk thing was. The term on Miller was the questionable part. Six years when he's already how old? Thirty-three. He is. I have to go all the way to the top of the list because he's the highest-paid player. Von Miller is thirty-two years old. He's going to be thirty-three when the season starts. Six years, one hundred twenty million. So if you keep him for that entire, he'll be almost forty years old. Again, though, you win the Super Bowl next year, and all work. Everyone is saying, "Yep, you made the right move." So, Bills have been spenders. Maybe they spend a little more on Odell. But you're right. Ravens need a guy. Patriots need a guy. The Ravens had arguably the best draft out of all 32 NFL teams, but their quarterback still was upset because they traded away their number one wide receiver and never took a receiver despite having six fourth-round draft picks. That's wild to me, that they just completely still just ignored the position and got rid of Boykin like and and moved on from someone right. that they you, had. You lost your number one guy, but you also lost a depth piece as yeah, well. Yeah, like a number four or a number five guy just because you're done with him and you don't think that he has any more potential for your team. So those teams definitely should be looking towards in Odell. I'll throw one, before we move on to other positions, I'll throw out one more team as a dark horse that could maybe sign him. Um, the cap might not work out for it, but the cap's a myth. The teams can work around that if they need to. What about the Chiefs? What about the Chiefs bringing in Odell as someone to replace Tyreek as far as that number threat is concerned? Yeah. 
You brought Juju in, but he's more of a depth guy, as we all know. McCole Hardman, depth guy. Like, and I think Tyreek is older than Odell. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. Odell's 28. They got to be close to the same right. age, if that. So you're not going to, even if he is a little bit older, if if Odell's a little bit younger, you're not really, you know, stretching yourself thin age-wise there. And they're different kind of players, so it's not like you're just going to. They both, they both. They're both number ones. Like they're, they're both, both number ones, number and ones. they both built their their skill set off of their speed. And we saw Odell be Odell when he had the quarterback, right? Like we saw him go to L.A. play with Stafford. That we remembered him being when he was uh-huh. in New York with the Hall of Famer and Eli Manning. Odell's one year older, so it's it's so very. It's not close. that big of a yeah. deal. Like it's basically the same thing. And it's clear to me that now I'm putting myself in Odell's shoes. You know, you went to Cleveland, you got that deal for Cleveland, you you went there, you were going to be one of the saviors for that franchise, didn't work out, quarterback stinks, you need a better quarterback. Proved that he wasn't the problem when he went to L.A., had all those touchdowns, was on his way to probably being the Super Bowl MVP until he got hurt in the Super Bowl, uh, just showing that it wasn't his fault. Now as you're in this, you know, First real period of free agency because he was traded from the Browns or from the Giants to the Browns, remember, and then traded from the Browns to the Rams. So he has yet to really experience his first. Oh, he wasn't traded from the Browns to the Rams. He did get released. But this is his first real offseason of free agency to experience. You have to think that he's got to be thinking smart and saying, it can't just be about the city I go to. It can't just be about the money I get. It's got to be about the guy throwing me the football. Like I need a Lamar throwing you me the football. Threw out, I need a Josh Allen throwing me the you football. You threw out the name Kansas City in terms of not really caring about the cap. I'll throw another name out that I threw out last week. How about Tampa Bay? That's same kind of story with Antonio Brown being gone. Right. My only question there is, would Tampa Bay say to themselves, do we really need Antonio Brown slash Odell Beckham Jr.? Because we have Godwin and Evans. Whereas well, the Chiefs are- and Schuster and Kelsey. Of well, course, then I lost but, Harmon, right? Uh, Pringle and, and Schuster, I mean. Right. And Kelsey, of course, is still the number one. The but. reason why I would say, yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would do it is because they knew the issues that were being brought in with Antonio Brown when they decided to add him to the team. You remember when early on in Odell's career, that first year he was a rookie or maybe his second year in the league, it was the only year that the Giants made the playoffs in Odell's time spent with the Giants, he was seen taking photos on yachts like two days before in game day, like before their playoff game, and everyone was questioning his character. And then when he got to Cleveland, everyone was questioning his character again, saying, oh, there's clearly chemistry issues in Cleveland with Baker and Odell. Let's blame the receiver because that's the easier thing to do. That's what we've seen happen time and time again. And it's clear that Odell really wasn't the issue. I don't see why not, why the Buccaneers wouldn't say, we don't really question his character anymore. We think he's now older, more mature, and clearly still has something to contribute. If we wanted to bring in Antonio Brown, we might as well bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Now, some other positions that are still out there in the free agency pool. A guy at the very top of the list here on Spot Track of available players, Ryan Bates, a 25-year-old guard out of Buffalo. Interesting to me that, you know, I think he is actually... Signing with Buffalo is just not official yet because it does have him listed as going to the Bills in pro football references or spot tracks pays. But it looks like they're going to uh, 
restructure his contract and um, he has signed an offer sheet. So that was one guy that I saw initially and was like, that's weird being 25 years old and you played for a team that has been super successful in the past couple of seasons. They don't want to bring you back, but looks like that is going to be the case. Sign an offer sheet and they're going to restructure his deal. But uh, another uh, guy on the offensive line that's one of the more popular names, Nate Solder, tackle out of New York Giants. He's 34 years old, though, so Steelers don't need to kick those tires no, anymore. No but chance. Someone's going to sign him. Brad Barry, we mentioned in an earlier segment. Landon Collins, the free safety out of Washington. Landon Collins is such a weird career. Why's that? I think he's been one of the better safeties in the NFL. But just spending his time on the Giants and the, and the Commanders, it's like you forget about You wasted it. it. Yeah, completely. Now, he is only 28, so he definitely could catch on somewhere and have a little bit of a swan song of his career here. But he always, you know, not to be a super nerd, but when you played Madden, like, he was always in the 90s as far as safeties were right. concerned with his number. Like, he was always individually one of the better safeties in football. He just got stuck on some crap teams. I think he made the playoffs once with the Giants that year that Eli took them and they got crushed by the Packers. Right, that same year that yeah. I just mentioned with Odell yeah. taking so pictures like, on yachts. Yeah, so like he's been to the playoffs like once in his career or twice because he did go with the Commanders. With the Commanders last when year. they got smoked in the first round by Brady and the Bucks. Smoked? Uh, well, Tyler Henneke. Really yeah. close. Tyler Henneke. We were thinking about that game, but yeah, he's been to the playoffs a couple times, but. Those are the playoff appearances you're going to have with teams like the Giants and the Commanders, right? Those few sure. and far between ones where you lose in the first round and it's kind of like, oh, we're just excited to be here and not we're going to try to make a run here. However, the Steelers have no need for this guy right now because they just went out and signed He's too own. expensive, too, and he's older, and it's just, yeah. Well, he's still, like, as you said, he's turning. Tw- he just turned 28. Older for the Steelers, yes. though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Hughes, defensive end out of Buffalo, 33 years old. That's another interesting one to me. Obviously, they're probably moving on from him because of the guy they just brought in and Vaughn Miller. And I know it's not the same position, but, I mean, that's your pass rush right there, right? Oh, absolutely. And they already have young guys on that. Like, uh, a guy like Ed Oliver, you know, he's been kind of slow developing. Yeah. But that's a first-round pick that I think has has really kind of come into his own, and maybe they're expecting bigger things out of him on that defensive front. So not surprising to see the Bills kind of shed some old uh, age weight when it comes to Jerry Hughes there. Our good friend Joe Schobert is still on the uh, the block here in free agency because he uh, obviously got moved on from by Pittsburgh when they brought in Miles Jack, his old running partner in Jacksonville. I'm a little surprised that Schobert hasn't been picked up yet. Really? Based off of his play last year, you're surprised that he's still I mean, unsigned. Do you think that he was so, so, so bad that a team wouldn't want him just on their roster as their number three linebacker? I don't think – if he was on well, the Steelers roster, I'd, he'd be their number three right now. He's better than Spillane still in my mind. I would say based off of the other names that we've mentioned so far that it shouldn't come as a surprise because – I think people are a little weary of how much they're going to have to pay certain guys. Is Joe Schober just going to say, well, I made a Pro Bowl, I made an All-Pro team. I th- I think he made an All-Pro team, like a second-team All-Pro. I think something like that. He's going to ask for money. I mean, this guy accomplished something. Maybe just because he didn't come last year with Pittsburgh doesn't mean he can't do it again for us. He may ask for a steeper price, and we're willing to give him. Yeah, uh, no question about that. I think that's well said, and... That's always the, the risk you take with a free agency, you know? It's just some guys get the wrong So, no, it does not surprise me at all that he is still not on a team. He'll yeah. be on a team. But maybe someone's in his ear right now that he shouldn't, you know, saying, you're yeah. a starter, you deserve starter money, hold out for a team that's going to need a starter. Eh, I don't know if you're really at that point in your career 
anymore, but you will obviously become a, a legitimate, um, not legitimate, but you will find yourself on a team and you could be a legitimate journeyman veteran depth piece for a long time if you choose to accept that role. Uh, one last big name before we get to the quarterback position and those guys that are still out there. And Damakong Su, 35-year-old defensive tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you surprised that the Bucs haven't brought him back yet? Yeah, because isn't, isn't that their MO? They're they bring back to. everybody. They're going to bring right. him back. Right, they sure That's, will. He's just probably hasn't. They probably have a list of you know the order of guys they want to bring back. They just haven't gotten to suit yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if do you think we see that happen very quickly? Do you we think it happen very soon? Get it, Sue? Sue? Ah, nice. see what you did there. Yeah. Do you think that knowing his history, there's a little bit of an ego building, saying, "I contribute. Why am I the guy to be the last piece added or last piece to be brought back? Maybe I don't want to be the last guy to be brought back. Maybe there's a team more eager to bring me in before you guys do." One quick Google search of his name and the news is Bucks might not bring him back. They seem Whoa. to be getting a little lukewarm on him and that they might move on. Championship teams need to know when to pull the plug on great players. And maybe at 35 going on 36 years old, it's time to pull the plug on. I can't on believe he's too. been in the league for that long. He's it's... been in the league forever. I think back to the Detroit Lions days, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. But that guy, Sue... You were saying that there might be a little bit of an ego there. I would say I've heard Sue in many interviews. He's one of the smarter players in the NFL, legitimately off the field. And I would say, man, I have my what was my reputation before this? It was the journeyman, got drafted by Detroit, and then was just kind of bumping around from team to team in the league. I was a dirty player. Everybody remembers me for stepping on Aaron Rodgers in the Thanksgiving Day game. Yep. Stop, not just stepping on, stopping. And then you kind of change things by going to Tampa Bay, being a great defensive tackle there, and winning, helping them win a Super Bowl and legitimately being one of the key pieces to winning that Super Bowl if you're the Buccaneers. So he's kind of had a little bit of a renaissance as far as his career is concerned once he's gotten to Tampa Bay. But And I would hope that maybe that would keep an ego of his in check a little bit where he would say, eh, maybe I swallow my pride and take on a lesser role with the Buccaneers here. And continue to try to win Super Bowls, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like, at least according to this, the Buccaneers are planning on a future without Ndamukong Sue. I guess so. That's what I'm gonna... But I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be so much worse off without him than they are with him. As far as the quarterbacks that are still out there, is there any chance that one of these three names I'm about to throw at you becomes a starter at one point this season? Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nick Foles or Cam Newton? I would say Cam Newton the least. The least likely to start a game. Ooh, that's such a turn from where we were just even a year ago, honestly. I'm not sure I disagree with you, but... Because we saw how Remember, how he, was, one of, he, he was, was the only one of those three that started a game last year. Fitzpatrick got hurt before the season started. Right, and Foles but was stuck Fitzpatrick on the would have started had he been healthy. From for the season, he would have been their guy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're not gonna go with Henneke. For the that plan was Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, so you saw how bad Cam was in New England. I think he had one good game with the Panthers when he got brought back. When that was his first game with the Panthers, and he beat the Cardinals on the road, and everyone was saying, "Oh my gosh, is Cam Newton really back?" He That's just, right. in his first game with Carolina, just took down the mighty Cardinals. Who we found out were not so mighty yet. That was really the start of their downturn, right? Too. That's two years in a row where we thought that, oh my gosh, are the Cardinals really this good? Remember, two years ago, it was that Hail Mary pass to DeAndre Hopkins. They beat the Bills, and everyone's saying, 
are the Cardinals really that good? They just beat everybody? And then we learned right after that, it was the Bills who really surged throughout the rest of the season and the Cardinals who fell off. Same thing here. The Panthers are the one who beat the Cardinals and everyone was saying, oh my gosh, are the Panthers really that good? No, it's just that the Cardinals are posers and they, they are the first half of the season champions two years in a row. Bottom feeders for the last two years in a row for the second half of the season. So I don't really think you're going to get much out of Camp Newton this year to wrap it all up. So I don't think he'll start a game. Nick Foles is clearly starting capable. Fitzpatrick still at his old age starting capable. I just don't know where those guys would be. Do you think all three of those guys end up on a team, though, at some point? Yeah, for sure. Again, though. Again, though, Cam is the biggest question mark. Again, that I would say would be the biggest question mark because I think that Fitzpatrick and Foles have both accepted where they're at in their careers. I think Foles has the best chance out of all of them to be on a team and start because Fitzpatrick is older. At least Foles is has a little more gas left in the tank. Foles would be brought in as a backup, but I could see him maybe getting a start if someone gets hurt and then playing decently and maybe never handing the reins back to like a Jared Goff or something like if that. If there was a team last year who chose Andy Dolan over Justin Fields, there will be a team this year <laughs> that will say, we, we'd like to try out the Nick Foles experiment one last time. I think that's kind of why Nick Foles was like, I need to leave Chicago. Like, I'm not going to be third string to Andy Dalton. Like, that's just not how... I'm a second string quarterback. Where is he? Pass. Andy Dalton's in New Orleans? New Orleans now, yeah. He's so don't go to New Orleans. Him and Jameis Winston are there. Don't go to New Orleans, Nick. I don't know. Maybe uh, Atlanta. I was thinking uh, Indy to back up... Uh, Matt Ryan, because yeah, not I'm a very bad. familiar with Frank Reich, had some good success with him. But I think in terms of if you want to start, Marcus Mariota, is he really going to be the guy for them that whole season? I don't think so. Or New York Jets. And this might not be a good move because you're trying to bring in a young quarterback and trying to build his confidence. Does the old head coach Doug Peterson make a call and say, I need a backup for Trevor down here in Jacksonville? Again, that's a Super Bowl MVP looking over the shoulder now of your 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 prod your prodigy at the position. Yeah, but I think you. But you're not worried about if Foles can take it from Lawrence. Lawrence ain't the thing. Ain't that's the guy. that's the issue. Is that you you said it that Nick Foles knows where he is in his career at this point. So if he gets a start over Trevor Lawrence, it's not because oh Nick Foles stole the job. It's because Trevor Lawrence handed it away. Handed to Nick it Foles. away and was not good and it was a bust. Yeah, but. Those are two teams that I think the connection's just obvious there. You know, you got... Yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, with Fitzpatrick... You could probably put him on any team. Do you think he'll even play on a team, though? Maybe... Like, I think what's going to happen with Fitzpatrick is he's not going to retire. Eventually, someone's just... The teams just aren't going to sign him. You know what I mean? Like... Right. He'll, he'll be never come out and just be like... On the he'll never come out and be like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to officially retire. He'll not be signed in, like, two or three off-season periods... And then after that, he'll come out and be like, not much interest for me. Time to hang it up. So this, I think, may be the start of Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of toiling out in the wind. But the problem with that is, even if you start the season with Fitzpatrick on the free agency uh, market, the second a team loses a quarterback long term, they're going to go right to him first. So even if Fitzmagic isn't a thing at the beginning of the season— would not be surprised if he is by the middle. Of the he's season. for sure not going to be on Washington this year. Are we confirmed? I mean, he's not on the team right now. It'd be up to them to. Bring that would him also back. make a lot of sense for me, though. I feel like they're set though with Wentz and, and Heineke. But if Wentz, I mean, people are saying so frequently that Wentz is just no longer a guy. 
Right, but Fitzpatrick, is he really going to be the guy if you bring him in? You know what I mean? You thought so last year, apparently. Right. Or at least enough to get to the playoffs again last year, and that blew up in your face with him getting injured. But I think one team that doesn't make sense that would need a quarterback, two teams, I would say, are the Giants and the Texans. Those teams are comfortable with their quarterbacks because I think they're comfortable with losing. With losing and being terrible. Maybe Carolina, too. I think they're sneaky comfortable with being terrible as well, although Matt Rule is in no position to be comfortable. That's why I floated out uh, Atlanta, because Atlanta still went 7-10 and 10 last year. If you if you could make things work with a Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick combo Miami, I mean, Marcus Mariota was essentially Tua coming out of college when he came out of Oregon. Why not try to make that pair work? Because you're clearly not bottoming out in Atlanta right now. Not right now, you're not. And you've got talent now. I mean, you've got Kyle Pitts, and you just drafted Drake London, who is one of the better players in this year's draft class as far as the wide receiver position is concerned. So, I mean, I I think Atlanta's got a lot of skill that they're building that you got to be nervous about tanking if you're them, right? You just might be too good. You might just have too much talent to not lose or to not only win four or three games. You know, Drake London might go off for a couple hundred yards here. Kyle Pitts might. Well, have then a couple you got if you're Atlanta, then you got to be that team. You got to be the Denver Broncos, or you got to be whoever is next in that line of. We had all of our pieces, and we were just missing the quarterback. We got to go out and get him via free agency or via a trade. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. When we come back, we continue our power rankings of position groups as we look at the tight end group and talk about our top 10 tight top ends. Top 10? And there might be a Steeler creeping his I way think there has to list. be. All right. Well, don't say it now. We'll find out in the next episode, so make sure you tune in to that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman, and this has been another edition of the Steelers Standard.